0: Oh my sweet wife, how amazing! I saw you running for it, Ash. Though I'll give you credit for that—you turned and started sprinting. <coughs> what? Oh, and my sweet! Oh, my sweet sister! She's the winner! She's the winner! <laughs> she went the long way. You're the winner. <laughs> what do I win? I will give you permission on Friday to wear your sweatpants to work. How's that? <sighs> It's Wednesday, and I'm already wearing them. (laughs) All right. Thanks, babe, but um, somebody grabbed me one. Give her a big hand, folks. Look at that great service with a smile. All right, so Monday, (coughs) I uh, took um, my oldest daughter to the airport in Buffalo to fly by herself with Olivia. To Florida, I'm still figuring out why I'm here, and my kids in Florida for a week, but whatever. Uh, let's not worry about that. So I leave here, and I thought, okay, so I'm going to Buffalo. I'm going to drop her off, and then uh, you know I'm not there often, but when I am in Buffalo, I like to check out some of the new cafes and different things, right, that I read about in the city. So I'm leaving here, and I'm uh, heading uh, heading there. Now you know, you know the the prep and planning that you do before a trip. This is a super small, sim- simple trip. If I was just going to the airport and back, I wouldn't need to plan at all. I know how to get there. But I was t- going to some new uh, cafe, bakery areas that I had never been to. I knew roughly where they were in the city, but you ever been to Buffalo? You don't want to get lost there, right? You got to know where you're, uh, where you're heading. <coughs> but I had the general idea. So before making, and this is a simple, a small, you know, easy trip, I looked up the route where I was going. I like to uh, take some screenshots of the maps. I can kind of like just take a quick look at a map and then memorize it. But I take a quick screenshot in case I forget. I know I'm not going to have any data over the border or Wi-Fi access. So I'm planning ahead. I know what I'm doing. I know what my route is. I know where I need to go. Made it there. Had a great time. You know, it was by myself. But whatevs. So I uh, had lunch and grabbed a coffee. And uh, checked out some new spots, came back home, no problemo. Now, how many of you have ever gone on a trip and done something similar? Planned your route out? Knew where you were going? Think about a longer one, say, to Florida or driving to another province or somewhere where you're using GPSs and that kind of a thing. One of the things that I believe is super important in life (coughs) and... Depending on how far you're going and depending on what you're trying to accomplish you need to prep more I remember once Mary and I were in Washington DC And I had read about a cafe that was like in an old warehouse in an alley not even on a street in a little alley what used to be the hood like where the tanks were back in the 60s and stuff Uh, And there's cafe that you they say you need to go to when you're in uh, DC And it was way harder I mean, it, we were like, you know, back and forth, and like, I'm pretty sure the alley's right here, but I've never been in there in my life. We finally found it, and it was amazing, and it literally was all hidden away in an alley in D.C. Well, the, the degree of difficulty of your journey will usually uh, impact the degree of prep and planning. As a church, we need to, and we're working on this, improving this, but I want everybody to be brought into this sort of mindset and this sort of thinking. I want us to have a map A road map, a game plan, a pathway so that when somebody walks through the doors for the first time and gives their lives to Jesus, every single one of us who's part of this church, no matter how many campuses we ever start, we will know this is the pathway you start to walk on to become all that God's called you to be. So think about, um, let's use Nikki as an example. Okay, she's not here, I don't think, so we can pick on her. (coughs) Pastor Nikki got saved in our church. She's been on a pathway for many, many years that led to her being a small group leader, then ultimately a line pastor. Now she's a pastor overseeing all sorts of different things, you know, missions and uh, different areas of the class, membership, uh, different areas of the church, membership and and, uh, T-Track. There's a pathway that everybody goes on when they get saved. And if we can get good at clarifying it and knowing it and being able to walk with our new believers, people in your groups, your A-teams, your friends, walking with them on the pathway, I believe you'll see many more people excited about their next steps, taking their next steps, and knowing this is where I'm going to uh, to grow and to become all that God has called me to be. Does this make sense? So I want to first show you this. Pull up the first image, please, Melissa, if you wouldn't mind, the bicycle one. Okay, yeah, here we go. This is something we're explaining to our potential A-team group leaders. I've got another meeting with some of you after this one tonight to talk about our desire to start up some small groups within our A-teams. We want to make things very clear up front before we even dive into something that big. And the reason I'm sharing it here in the room, some of you might think, ah, I'm not really even interested. I'm happy in my C-group. That's fine. We're all part of the same church family. I want us to know what the pathway is. I want us to know uh, what it is we're trying to do with people. And this, you'll see tonight, this applies to every one of you, no matter what campus you end up staying at, uh, you know, as far as this launch goes. (coughs) Both uh, areas, A-teams and C-groups, okay, A-team groups, I guess that should say, and C-groups, have the same elements in them. they're mission focused okay we're a church we're about people we're about people finding Jesus, people growing in their walk with Jesus, people becoming disciples of Jesus who can make other disciples of Jesus uh, whether you're whether that's through a ministry involvement or a small uh, cell group involvement that's still the ultimate goal. am I right? Right? It's all about people becoming all God's called them to be. Prayer, care, friendship, connection, personal growth, spiritual growth, and unity. These two wheels are absolutely necessary to be working in unison and properly if we expect the entire church to be able to move forward. God is uh, on the seat where he belongs, right, in control. We're here to make Jesus famous by loving God and loving people, and we want the, we want the entire church to understand that these two wheels, these two components, are vital to the future growth and success of our church, and to the future growth and success of all the people in your A-teams or in your cell groups. So one of the things this will do now is still allow the small group uh, dynamic, small group relationship building, accountability, friendship, to take place in both uh, elements of the church, cells and A-teams, right? The connect groups and our uh, and our A-team uh, ministries. This making sense here? We're, we are just trying to refocus, simplify, clarify. Clarity is huge in people's minds if they can be clear. And what I hope, and maybe I'm too simple uh, sometimes, you know, in life, like if it's me and I'm sitting here and I see this and I, I see the, the unity of the vision, I understand how this ties together, I understand uh, what we're trying to do as a church, I'm happy to walk out of this room and say, okay, I understand now in my church how these two things are equal components. Uh, To the mission of the church, these two things are equally important to the vision of our church uh, moving forward. i found sometimes in the past you'll show something like this, but you know I'll I'll encounter somebody eight years later who's still talking about cells like as if it's 1999, like uh, we're way back in those days. Like guys, come on, weren't you paying attention? We've shifted our whole, we shifted the importance, we shifted the focus. We've got two equal wheels running and moving this thing forward. Uh, you know, let's keep with the program here, and let's believe, God, that as we realign this and we start working this plan, and you'll see more of the plan in a minute, I believe there's going to be exponential growth. I believe there's going to be way more round pegs and round holes, and I won't get into it all now. I will with those of you in the uh, A-team group meeting later, Uh, but we'll talk about that again like I did last month, round peg, round hole. Like, gee whiz, I want people who are absolutely involved in things they're excited about and passionate about for Jesus. And then, you know, whatever it is, whether it's connect groups, uh, you know, in evangelism and discipleship, or whether it's A-team groups, because they're absolutely skilled and passionate in worship or media or kids or whatever it might be. I want them round peg in the round hole, and the ministries and the small groups are going to just explode and flourish. You won't have people who are involved in something that – isn't necessarily their number one uh, passion in life or skill in life. Uh, They're going to be able to give 110% of themselves to the areas that God has equipped them in. So I want us to make sure we're all on the same page uh, with this as we start. So very quickly, I want to uh, just help give you a quick overview. And this is really still a work in progress, but I'm going to I'm just, I believe, in the power of repetition and overcommunication when there's important things you're trying to uh, get in place. So I want us to look quickly at our notes here uh, for tonight, and we're going to talk uh, briefly about uh, some of the key steps of our pathway, some of the key steps that we're uh, expecting to see uh, take place. Is that my first slide? Yeah, okay, it must be if that's where she's at. Okay, so ACT, A-C-T, Activate, Connect, Train. This is our uh, this is our church overall overarching mission and vision. We've heard this, right? We've talked about this, but we're going to kind of step it up to the next level in the promotion and the constant keeping it in front of people, and then we're believing you guys as uh, volunteers, as A-team leaders, as C-group leaders, you're going to also keep it in front of people. Yeah? Oh, I do have notes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Who needs notes? Paper notes. You can follow these along on the app, but we also have paper notes if you need them. Here, you want to take one stack and then, I'll, oh, thank you. Okay, appreciate it. Put your hands up. I only saw like three hands, but I'm sure there's more. Okay, here we go. Good call, Hank. I did that last month too, didn't I? <laughs> All right. Maybe next month I'll get it. Or maybe by the time we launch another campus someday down the road. <coughs> okay, so activate, connect, and train. <coughs> is our um, this is our mission this is uh, what we believe God has called us to do as a church to help somebody from the day they show up start on a journey of growth and uh, moving forward and becoming uh, all that God has uh, called them to be now I want to give you just a maybe a bit of a different some different terminology to help you Uh, see this a little bit better, and this is why I've got this uh, written out this way. Okay, so think of the invitation that takes place, connecting with people. You're inviting them into church, you're inviting them to a church event, you're inviting them into your life. This is all that first invite. Uh, The Great Commission I put on there, because I believe we need to do this like Jesus did, when someone comes and they get saved and they, they get invited, they start to get connected, they are being invited to join Jesus' commission. They're not invited to, uh, like, Jesus doesn't call us to get saved and hang around for a few years and then join the Great Commission. No, right off the hop, we're, we're all about making him famous, loving God and loving people. Uh, first steps is a phrase that uh, might make sense to you. When somebody comes and gets saved, uh, the baptisms, Holy Spirit and water baptism, uh, being connected with a small group, whether that's a C group or uh, an A team group, once they get going, Um, A-team areas of ministry, right? We're all parts of the body. We're going to talk this weekend about this, our A-team-focused weekend coming up. Uh, We all have a role to play. We all have a job to uh, help uh, make the whole better. And God brings and adds to the church because he's trying to improve and help the church uh, become all that he's called us to be. Amen. Grow. We then have a growth, uh, you know, an area of growth here where there's T-track classes, becoming a member, in, a introduction to things like Sozo ministry for freedom, you know, spiritual freedom, personal freedom, seminars that we're starting to offer this year, uh, advancing through the A-teams. Remember our reproductive ideas for, uh, for what we're doing as a church? It's not just on the cell side. We believe that there should be a reproduction happening through A-team ministries. I get there's going to be some people who maybe come and they join and they volunteer at a certain level and stay there for 40 years. But I think more often than not, we should be encouraging people to, you can take on a bit more. You can become an assistant teacher. You can now become a kids teacher. You can uh, become a cafe manager. You can, whatever the case might be. We're helping people grow and stretch and expand and take on more. And then you're training them to train people Somebody who came in and started out at the very first level as an A1 volunteer, in a few years, you could see them helping train new A1 volunteers who show up. And guess what will happen as we reproduce ourselves and we reproduce people, we reproduce leaders, we reproduce uh, disciples. We're setting ourselves up with new teams ready to launch new campuses, new ministries, churches, new services, Like, there's all sorts of doors God can open for us to start new churches, new campuses, and new services in our city and in other cities. I say, let's get ourselves ready. I'd rather have five full teams of worship, uh, uh, you know, worship members sitting around twiddling their thumbs without a lot to do instead of trying to launch a new service and trying to recruit desperately, you know, some musicians or have musicians playing three instruments each and doing every service because we don't have enough. Like, let's get ahead of the game and be reproducing all the time. Think reproduction in your life, the people you work with. I always tell our C group leaders this. There's nothing that's too small. Somebody learning for the first time to receive an offering or do announcements in your cell, that is a huge win. That's a great step forward. Encourage them. Motivate them. Praise them. Don't treat it like, oh, yeah, anybody can take the offering. Hey, someday way back in the day, you weren't able to. Somebody gave you the opportunity. Now it's your turn to turn around and do the same thing. Making sense? So growth and then releasing, I just kind of got into this, assistant leaders, small group leaders, this is how someone like Nikki goes from a new Christian to a pastor, Follow the pathway. Our church desire and our church heart is to see people, I mean, just, there's sky's the limit. I'm not putting limits on anybody, nor am I expecting everybody to say, do what Nikki did, and you know, everyone's obviously not going to work here. If every single person worked here, we would run out of money and we would have to close the church. So that's not going to happen. But the potential is there. I believe, God, there's people getting saved in our church today who will be sent to plant churches in Africa, who will be sent to plant churches in other cities, in Toronto, in Vancouver. I mean, who knows where. As we help them walk on the pathway and begin to flourish in their faith and always have a growth mindset just like you do with your kids, you wanna help them constantly grow, keep growing, keep growing, keep growing, keep growing. If we have that mindset, I believe God, our the call of God on our church is gonna be realized and it'll blow our minds. And I believe you will come to a point where you look back someday, you know, even in the middle of the journey and say, wow, God, I can't believe what you've been using me to do. How has little old me been helping train these people to become amazing leaders and people themselves who can train? And here's where I think it's really exciting. I, I mean, 100%, this is my favorite thing, is when you can help train and develop somebody who ends up knocking out, out of the park way better than you ever could. That is a huge win. That's where you know God's involved. When he can take us, then we can reproduce, but then reproduce something even greater than us. Even more ability, more skill. And before you think, well, that's a bit strange, and I don't know how that can work. Anybody who's a parent in here, let's get real. In your heart, you hope that your kids absolutely crush everything in life much better than you have. And just hit the mark better than you have. Well, that's the same thing in our church family. God wants us to uh, really hit the mark. Amen? So this is just kind of a quick overview of how the Activate Connect train mission and what i'm going to work on here and what we're talking about behind the scenes is getting this laid out on a very simple graph very simple graphic that shows act and just in bullet point form let's say to make it easy to understand and remember having some of these key things uh, whether it's invitations and baptisms and uh you know, understanding your new life, uh, A-team volunteers, uh, small groups, blah, blah, blah. Just so people, all of us in the church can see A, C, and T, how this thing is a continual uh, pathway, a continual track, and there's these key elements that are in it. So one of the things I think we've just been a little bit soft on, and I say we, I'm talking us now who work here, and we're going to tighten it all up as we do this, is the upcoming... Potential upcoming water baptism services, right? We're still gathering names and seeing who's interested. Well, once this becomes more of our DNA, and everybody understands, I get saved, I come here, my next step is to join the T-Track classes and to get into the baptisms. Holy Spirit baptism, let's do it twice a year or quarterly. Water baptism, let's set these things up twice a year or eventually as we need quarterly. And there's a constant flow happening. And people in the church, people on staff, people who are volunteer leaders all understand this is the pathway we're walking people on when they come. There's no more somebody saved and then like five years later, oh, gee whiz, you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet? We got we to gotta get you on a Wednesday night to come and get prayed over. Let's get them saved and baptized, as the scripture says and connect it in an A-team, and uh, just keep helping people take their next steps. Now, people, and I know some of you are thinking, some people don't want to take their next steps. I get that. I'm not saying force people. I'm saying for us to know what our action plan is so we can just have it working like a finely tuned machine. This is the part of this, and we'll get, you know, uh, into the spiritual side here, but we are very much heavily into the spiritual side in our church, as you know, but we also need to hit the mark on our organizational structure side, our systems side. Make it easy for someone to get saved and flourish. Don't make it complicated, confusing, not sure what to go, where to do, how do I start, where do I sign up. That's one of the reasons we came up with A1 positions that like, literally anybody can do almost immediately when they come because we want to help people get connected. Making sense? I want to share real quickly with you five things that our small group leaders, our cell leaders, came up with. The last couple months, we had a couple brainstorming sessions. And these brainstorming sessions were... (coughs) These brainstorming sessions were, we started off with an empty whiteboard, and I said, let's yell out, tell me every single thing we do here, you know, reasonably well as a church. And we ended up with a list of like, I don't know, 40 things, I think, on the board, right? Everything you can think of. Then I said, which out of these things are really key to our ultimate mission and vision? Okay, the most important reason we're here. Loving God, loving people, seeing people saved, making disciples, reproducing. Let's try to pull out from this 40, 50 things on the list. And they identified, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 of them (coughs) that were really vital. Everything was important, but these were really getting into the the vital category. And then I said, okay, I want you guys to uh, whittle down and tell us what you think five of them are that are absolutely crucial and we need to improve on doesn't mean we're not doing them, and we are doing all of them to some degree, but you just would say, these five are so important. If we're going to learn to become experts at anything, it needs to be these five. Then I want to take you through this real quick, the five that they came up with, because I think the whole church needs to uh, hear and understand these things, but especially those of you who are involved in launching a new campus, involved in A-teams, small groups. The first one, (coughs) and these aren't really in any order, but the first one they came up with was called The Basics. Just a bare old basics, and in your notes, I'll get, I gave you some space there, I think, to write down here. This is things like making the invitations to, you name it, church, small group, events, inviting, just a lifestyle of invitation, um, being, uh, being faithful with, you know, making sure a new person's gotten their cafe card, and we take them for a coffee into the cafe, understanding your new life. When someone gets saved, don't let them go a year and a half and not have learned the basics and understanding uh, your new life. Talking to people right away about prayer and the Bible. The basics, right? Basic things that, again, you and I have been saved a while and you know them all, but we've got to be thinking like spiritual parents who want to make sure we're setting up these new believers uh, for success. The second thing that came up, and I was really glad this came up uh, in our top five, was outreach slash evangelism. There's no quicker way to dry up and kill off a church than to stop evangelizing and sharing the good news. We're here to share the good news of Jesus at this site, Gage Park, and any other future site we uh, we get involved with. Uh, we talked about a couple specific things here, which I won't get into uh, all, but I will give you a couple verses. Uh, Gillian shared uh, some concepts with us about prayer walking, and I know I shared last month with all of you about prayer walking uh, in your neighborhoods, in this neighborhood, our Gage Park neighborhood. Uh, Psalm 127, verse 1, you can write down, as well as Joshua 1, 3, uh, some prayer-walking uh, verses. And then we talked about uh, events, you know, ways we can connect people, having them over for barbecues. We talked, heard from some of the men who were doing uh, ping-pong activities together and uh, just different things that are happening in different groups and areas of the church that are easy to invite people to. Uh, but we really need to be sure we're constantly in- inviting, sharing our faith, telling people about Jesus, hosting and holding events where they can hear about Jesus. Uh, The third thing, and this is also super important, Holy Spirit dependence. Holy Spirit dependence. I mean, I hope you all understand, we are in a spiritual battle. And the spiritual battle is getting heightened right before our eyes. It is. It's getting heightened all the time. I mean, many of you are experiencing it in your own life. We have certainly experienced it in the last couple years in our church. We're experiencing a surge and kind of a breakthrough season in our church now. But make no mistake, the spiritual battle is raging. A small little example, but it really resonated with all of us yesterday. Our staff went to the uh, top of the mountain over by where uh, Galen and Kim live, right at the end of Mountain Park Avenue. If you go right to that little park there, at the, it's basically the bottom end of Upper Gauge where it runs into the brow. If you look straight down, you see our new campus. I mean straight down. It's right there. Uh, easy to see. So while well, the staff was there, they were praying over the campus, over that neighborhood below them, and then I don't remember who did, but uh, a couple of them said they started praying for the apartment complex right next to our building. And the people in there and just God to move in there, there's I mean it's a whole mixed bag in there. Drug dealers and thuggy characters as well as, you know, nice uh, mothers with sweet little kids and every everybody in between. We're not talking 20 minutes later. After that, we were heading down to Gage Park and I was going to give them all a new tour, uh, you know, to see it uh taking shape. The painting, uh, spraying of the primer started yesterday, so we're at that point now where they're starting to paint and get ready to roll. 20 minutes later, a giant fire breaks out in that building right next to our our building. We're all standing there, and you're hearing stuff popping and blow off the top of it, and just it was a mass of flames. And uh, so, again, we're praying in there, and you're seeing people in there around the fire who weren't getting out, whether they had mobility issues or were just choosing not to. As we heard later, the fire alarm goes off three times a week, so most people just ignore it. Um, But this was, I mean, a big-time fire that uh, had it broken into other units, you know, it would have been bad news. (laughs) <laughs> the people in the unit got out uh, where the fire was, but we had the sense while we were all there, like there is just there's a spiritual battle raging. There's not been a fire like that in that building in a long time, not since we've started construction. All the construction workers were out watching. I mean, it was, the street was filled with like 25 trucks. You know, all the ambulance and police and fire and everybody who came, and it was just kind of another reminder, like we're like we're in the we're in the thick of a spiritual battle here. We're trying to advance and expand into a part of the city. Um, that the enemy has had good rain over for too long. A long time. We uh, ended up uh, taking over. We went and picked up some of those big boxes of coffee and hot chocolate from Horton's. Ashley and Mary ran and got those and some Timbits, because everybody got evacuated, but there was nowhere warm for them to go. We couldn't let them come in our building because of the hard hat issue. The city would fine us and shut us down if we had people in there without construction gear in. So we, uh, they were evacuated to outside, and it was pretty, uh, pretty nippy yesterday morning. So the girls went and grabbed that stuff. We took it over to the back of the building where they were all hanging around, and just had a whole bunch of great chats. Met a whole bunch of people, heard some interesting stories, met some sweet people, met some characters, you know, just had a good, uh but everyone was super thankful. Everyone was super appreciative. The person who works for City Housing Hamilton, who was on site, uh, he was very grateful we got to meet him. Uh, and it was just a good time to connect and just show God's love in a, in a difficult time and, you know, an evacuation uh, happening there. But it really struck us all. When we left, everybody had the sense, like, spiritual battle is really going full throttle. You know, really, it's cranking up. But, hey, God, you've called us to be a light and to show love. If Christians start cowering and being a bit scared because the spiritual battle is intense, who else is going to go in? Like, let's be real here. You know, and I'm not saying you and I as humans are, you know, the answer people for those folks. No, but we can bring God's love to them. We can show them the unconditional love. We can tell them the good news. Uh, and we're believing God that that's what's going to happen when we open up, our, uh, open up our new campus there. But please understand, this is without a doubt a spiritual battle. We need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. When someone comes and gets saved, we need to teach them how to pray and read the word. One sec, pray and read the word and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Think about your own journey. When you learn to read and obey and you learn to pray and sense the voice of the Holy Spirit, and you combine the helper, as Jesus called called him, combine the helper with the word, somebody's set on their journey. We can help journey them and walk with them the rest of their Christian life. It's so vital that we teach and train this. I know, I said one sec. Okay, go ahead. Oh, okay, yeah, she was right under it. Yes. Have you been in touch with her today? i heard, I mean she's fine, right? We saw her yesterday. Nice. No, absolutely. We actually met one of her friends, uh, someone who uh like found her cats once or something and took them back to her. Uh, in there, and she was super nice. But yeah, so Margaret, the woman in our church who lives there, I, I missed that. I, I didn't share that. She was right underneath the fire, the unit right below it, um, and she ended up getting out. And Hank took her uh, to his place with Lynn. Um, but yeah, having somebody in there, and she's praying and she's meeting people, and uh, uh, I'm really believing God that that building, I, I believe there's g- there's going to be people of peace and people of importance and people God has already earmarked to get saved and have influence through that whole community, have influence through that whole uh, that whole neighborhood. Uh, And I'm excited about it. I'm telling you, like, don't be, you know, I don't know all your backgrounds and what you're comfortable with or familiar with, but if you've never... Uh, maybe ventured out of your own uh, you know uh, let's say types of people and encountered different social uh, parts of the city, social classes or even people with maybe more blatant addiction issues or broken life type issues. Don't be scared off by it. They are the easiest people in the world to talk to when they're kind of in that state of life. If we had a, I mean we were there for what half hour yesterday and I learned a whole bunch about people that I'd never met before than some neighbors I've lived next to for years. There's openness. There's an open opportunity. So don't worry about the outward appearance and the roughness. God is working on people's hearts. And he's called you and I as believers to be those ones who won't look at the outward, but will say, you're a person who needs Jesus, and we've got Jesus. We're here to share Jesus with you. We're here to share the good news. Uh, And understand, this is kind of the visible, you know, uh, the visible manifestation if you will i think when we talk about the enemy having a stronghold and some of you live in that neighborhood and you obviously know this better than any of us the enemy's stronghold isn't just this invisible force field that's sitting over a neighborhood the way it appears is mass addiction mass broken homes just constant police activity and criminal stuff and and, you know just like that's how his strongholds that's how we see them that's not god's destiny for those folks lives that's not what they hoped for when they were little kids to grow up and their life get that way. God's got a plan for their lives. The enemy's tried to wreck because he all he does is steal, kill, and destroy. God wants to get in there and restore them and restore their destiny and restore their call, and he's going to use you and I to be some of the lights and the ones who connect people to Jesus. You I, I know, this maybe gets off topic, so I won't let it go uh, too long, but there's certainly, even in our society, in good old Canada where we hope We believe that we take care of everyone. There is certain elements of society that our society just kind of ignores and just, okay, let's just leave them all over there with their addictions and their broken homes. Christians, we can't live that way. But just, you cannot have the love and the forgiveness of Jesus and exclude anybody from it. Ever. Period. End of story. And I'm believing God. There's going to be some people in there who maybe once were the ringleaders of the drug groups. They're going to get saved and start leading them to Jesus. Uh, and we're going to see God start to bring a breakthrough in areas that the enemy has just done too much nonsense for far too long. Amen? The fourth one, I'm just going to whip through these two now. Mentoring. The C-group leaders mentioned mentoring. Helping people. When someone gets saved, you're kind of a good example to them in life in general. You've got a lot to offer them about life. Not just how to read the Bible and come to church and pray. But... Um, <coughs> So we talk about uh, a tool that we, uh, we train a lot of our uh, uh, people who are in our ministry apprenticeship. And I won't get too deep into it, but one of the things we dive into in our ministry apprenticeship is the RPMs of life. Uh, relational, physical, spiritual, and mental. And we got this from Luke 2.52. I don't know if it's in there, but you can write it out, Luke 2.52, where it talks about Jesus growing in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with men. Wisdom is mental, stature is physical, favor with God is spiritual, favor with men is relational. The RPMs, the RPMs of life. Start to look through those four areas of your life and help other people get balanced and grow in those four areas of their life. The RPMs relational, physical, mental, and spiritual. The fifth thing relationship building. Our church is super friendly. Our church is super welcoming. Our church just, you know, loves on people. But we need to make sure we don't mistake that for real relationships being developed. You can be the friendliest person on planet Earth when you see people and you hug them and give them high fives and welcome them. But we need to also learn how to get relationships built. People are looking for relationships, someone who loves them, someone who cares for them, who will journey through life with them. And that takes longer than just a quick high five and greeting at the door on the way in, as important as that is. uh, We want to make sure we're building relationships, connecting with the people in our church and the people in our community. I want to just share real briefly with you more uh, from an encouraging uh, end of things here. You know, 2018, we have sensed a new move of God, a new move of the Spirit in all different areas in our church. Many of you have come to us and said, what's happening around here? Like, the Spirit of God, like, we can feel it. It's tangible. We're on pace, and we'll see how the next couple weekends go, but we're on pace for this quarter, first quarter of the year, to have more salvations than any quarter of last year did. And as you'll recall, the last quarter of last year was the highest of that year as well, which is a good way to see those stats going. But what excites me even more than that is I've been watching more carefully uh, than I used to the way people are being followed up with and connected and relationships starting to be built and seeing them connected with A-teams, connected in small groups, connected uh, through you know new life, learning how to have a walk with God. Helping people get established and planted and grow is going to be one of the greatest ways to show God Like you can entrust us with harvest because we really, truly care about these people. We're not just interested in statistics. We care about people. We want to see them grow and be planted and flourish. So we've seen uh, that really... Uh, going well. I mean, I've seen just a change in every weekend service since pre-service prayer has really gotten on an upswing, and I want to commend you for that and encourage you to keep that as a priority. Keep it a priority in front of your A-teams, your C-groups, uh, youth, young adults, everybody. Pre-service prayer has literally started to change the way our services go. Like, the presence of God has been insane in a lot of these services lately, from right from the beginning, Because we're inviting him to show up and have his way. And there's something powerful about the Spirit of God coming. We're seeing people come. I've heard this so much the first two and a half months of this year. We always have visitors who come and check it out. And I meet visitors constantly. And I've noticed a shift the last number of months where there used to be a lot of people you would meet who were there with a friend or whatever. But other people would be like, yeah, like, I'm here, but, you know, I'm kind of interested. It's a bit weird. You know, not used to this kind of thing. And we're we're always going to hear a bit of that, Right. But I've heard way more this year, just in two and a half months, people walking through the door saying, I need God. I'm on a journey to find Jesus. I need more in my life, and I think God is what I'm looking for. I need to learn how to pray and read the Bible. I need to learn more about this God fella. I need to learn more about what you're talking about. There's more of a hunger being demonstrated by people. Not just a, like, I'm checking you out, but you're kind of weird. It's more of like, a, like I really need a change in my life. And I think that's uh, an indication that God's spirit uh, is moving. A couple examples I, I, I don't want to miss. Yana, uh, Yana over here, she oversees this baby box uh, ministry, I guess you could call it. Baby box giveaway, right? Many of you know what that is. You see all the boxes piled up there every few months in the cafe. And it's an initiative she's managed to partner with the organization who runs it. And it provides these boxes full of uh, all kinds of baby supplies for expecting parents or new parents. Well, just last month, the last one they had, maybe this has happened in the past, but I I just heard about this uh, last month. Some of you, in fact, I don't remember who all, but some of you were on the team with her helping distribute these things and meet people and and greet them. And there were a couple opportunities to really pray for people (coughs) in the midst of just coming to pick up their box. Uh, I don't, I'll get the details kind of wrong, but one, uh, one young person uh, came in, uh, and I think we had heard, or a father came in, an older gentleman, and I think somebody uh, who was working asked, like, are you picking this up for someone? Like, they clued in, that like, it must be a grandfather, you know, he's not having kids. Uh, we wouldn't imagine that at this stage. Uh, they asked, is this for a, f- a family or, you know, son or daughter or someone? Um, and I think they had just said, like, the daughter-in-law had passed away. Is that right? The, the son? So he was picking it up for his you know, uh, his daughter and daughter and son-in-law, uh, who just had a baby, and the uh, daughter's husband had just died. So he was there picking it up because the baby's father died, and now his daughter is left alone to care for a little baby. And the person here said, can I pray for you? He said, yeah, I would love prayer. And they got to pray with him. They got to talk for a bit, invited him to a service to Easter. Like, you got to remember... When we do these kinds of things, and when you encounter people, be ready to stop and slow down, pray, show love because life is happening. Like people are just coming here to pick up a box, but then someone dies, and there was another story i'm I'm forgetting now the second one, somebody got really sick, uh, if I recall. Oh, that's right, yeah. The baby was just diagnosed with diabetes, and the parents were just looking, just drained and upset, as you can imagine. Again, they got to pray with them, encourage them. Like, there's opportunities all around to show the love of Jesus to people. It was a real eye-opener for us when we heard this. Like, people are hurting, coming in with needs, weighed down. They could just walk in and get their box and leave, and we would never know that there's some real bad issues of life. Let's take that extra minute, ask those questions, pray with them, encourage them. You never know what kind of connection God might bring your way, but uh, you're going to be a blessing, and you're going to show the love of Jesus to someone who's going through stuff in life. And that happens, that's happening at this campus, it'll happen at the new campus. Welcome to human nature. There's always things happening that are weighing heavy on people's lives in prayer and fasting week this year, a number of people felt that there were going to be people return to Jesus and get saved, give their hearts back to the Lord who were in the church years ago. And I mean, I am here every weekend and do altar calls all the time. I mean, last year, I don't know if that happened once. If it did, I, I sure don't remember. And there's already been three or four this year in the first couple of months of the year who used to come years ago and who showed up. I need I need to get right again. I need to get my life with Jesus. Like God is moving. We need the Holy Spirit. So keep praying Keep loving on people. Keep coming to pre-service prayer. Let's keep doing uh, the the basics, uh, and let's believe God that we're going to see Him really show up. You know the phrase I love to repeat. Steve Merle, who wrote Wiki Church, uses this uh, as a you know from a tennis lesson analogy. The same old boring strokes. Said our tennis teacher would teach our daughter. Same old boring strokes is how you get good. Not the fancy stuff that you want to learn. Learn the same old boring strokes. Church life, same thing. Same old boring strokes, learning how to work the plan, learning how to keep focused on what matters, and then we'll get better at it the more we do it. Right now you might try some of these things and feel just awkward and you're not really great at it yet, but I guarantee you a year from now, two years from now, you'll be flourishing and better than you've ever been at connecting people to Jesus and inviting people and helping them get established in their faith. Amen? Now, I want to call up, uh, or we're going to have a team come up here in a moment to do some role-playing. Before they do that, I just want to quickly ask for this graphic uh, and give you a quick explanation. We're launching a new Connect team. Here it is. Okay, so we've got the parking lot team, door greeting team, and now this new Connect team is made up of uh, auditorium greeters, a Connect corner, and a security team. And as you see there on the Connect Corner one, this is a combination of what we currently know as event staff, info center, and some new volunteers. So a whole restructuring of what happens in our services. Parking lot is self-explanatory. Door greeter is self-explanatory. Uh, auditorium greeter, uh, this is going to be people stationed in here. You'll start to see them assigned to different sections. They're here just to connect with people, meet people, meet needs, help, help people out in whatever way uh, possible. Uh, the connect corner, you'll hear about, more about this in a minute here with this table uh, set up here. But this is going to be like the hub in the foyer that everybody is uh, able to get whatever they need from. Uh, We want to make it super simple and easy and streamlined and quick for people to uh, be uh, connected with someone of their age, their stage of life, to know what ministry is applied to them, where kids' rooms are, like, I mean, everything. Cafe cards, the whole nine yards. And then we're starting a new security team. We just feel this stage of our church's uh, existence having two campuses, and both of them were believing God to see more growth and more people come. And let's be real, more people that come, more people with issues come, more people get saved. Uh, A good security team will just help us make sure things are being watched and being uh, taken care of. Some of you who were here a few Sundays ago, and you saw why a security team is maybe sometimes needed when the fellow came right up and was making it all about him there for a few minutes during the message. Uh, We had a few guys who were sitting here who instantly became the security team for that day, even though they're not on it. Uh, which I love. I love the heart of people. So this is a new team you're going to hear more about, and we're just really excited and believing God uh, that there's going to be, um, as we get better and more strategic at what we're doing, uh, it's just going to help people uh, to be more connected to the church and to the life of the church. This is an idea of what they would get uh, when they come, I guess, to the connect corner, right? This sort of a... um, a little connection card, the bottom part folds off and becomes the cafe thing, the cafe. uh, On the back, the $10 gift card, and then they keep this, which says, thanks for joining us, and then it gives gives them everything back here. Service times and locations, ACT, quick welcome, an introduction from the pastors, website, Instagram, so on and so forth. Uh, We're just going to try to get simple and get intentional, get strategic. You want people to feel good about coming here. When you invite someone to your house, if you were to have, let's say, three neighbors over for the first time ever, Neighbors that you've met, you know, you've taken out the garbage or shoveling, you've said hi, but you've never actually got together. And now, three different couples all around the neighborhood have said, yep, we want to come over for dinner. Think about how you would get prepared. You wouldn't just be lazing around in your uh, sweatpants, I hope, some of us. Um... And they come walking in the door and your house is all messy or your apartment's all messy and you just tell them, yeah, go grab a seat in the kitchen. That's where dinner is. I'm watching the game. You know, just like you you would be ready. You would be welcoming them. You would have snacks, ready to talk, interact, really get to know them. Like you would pull out your A game. Your house would be cleaner than it's been in years if you had uh, uh, people coming over. Well, we got to have the same approach in the house of God, not just have people come to a strange big building where they don't know anyone and hope they just can find our signs on the wall and figure out where to go and who to meet and who to connect with. It's our job to be welcoming. Yeah. Okay, so why don't you guys come on up and show us what you got here role-playing-wise. We're going to give you a quick idea how these new teams will work. Give these guys a hand. <laughs>
1: Ooh. Give me a mic. That's fun. <laughs> okay. Right, Ashley? Right. Hi. Hi. Oh, you don't have <laughs> I'm Rachel. Amanda. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm Ashley. Ashley, nice, nice to, meet to meet you. Amanda, nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. I have this cafe card. Great, I'll take that. Is oh, this okay. your first time here? It is, yeah. Great. And how did you hear about us? Um, I was actually driving by one day, and I saw your church, and I thought, you know, let me check it out. So here I am. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you know what? With this, I'm going to give you a gift card. You know, I'd love to come with you to the cafe and have a coffee if you'd have some time. That's great. Yeah. yeah? Okay, okay. Let's go. All right. Bye. <laughs> have fun. So did you enjoy going to kids' I had ministry today? I made such a good time. They gave me chips. I like your shoes. Oh, thanks. That's my favorite color. Okay. Hi. Hey, Amanda. Hey. This is my friend Rachel. She's Hi, here today Hi. for the first nice time. To meet you. Hi, what's your name? Princess. Princess. What a lovely name. Thank you. Did you have fun in class today? Yeah, it's such a good time. I love your oh. scarf. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, I like to dance. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. So we, um, we missed when the event staff gave out the Connect card, so right. I wanted to get one to give to Rachel so we can For head over sure. to the cafe. If you just want to fill this out, I can sure. get you hooked up with a cafe card. Lickety split. Can, yeah. I, can I get some more chips? Yes. Yeah. You know what? We'll go in there and get Thanks. more chips. There we go. Awesome. I really like chips. Awesome. Here you go. Oh. oh. It was nice meeting hey. you. Okay. you. Bye, princess. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, <I was. laughs> Just, uh, very nice. Just a quick little sample of what will happen back at the uh, Connect room. You going to say something here? i'm like? <laughs> right, Using background vocal one. Time for me to sing. Uh, real quickly here before we uh, call the worship team on up. Starting in April, the 9 a.m. service for the month of April will be the launch team. If you're here and you're part of the launch team, can you stand up right now? We want to see who's on the Gage Park launch team. Come on. Let these guys hear it. Give them a huge hand. Come on. So good. good. These guys, for the month of April, the 9 a.m. service here, you'll see them running that to all the areas of ministry as if it's Gage Park. And once Gage Park starts, we will lop off that 9 a.m. here, and we will uh, then start a new service uh, down there. Uh, But it's going to be real exciting. We're still on track to have that finished in May, and hopefully the first service happening in May, if not very early in June uh, of of that site. Uh, One thing we're adding as well we're going to do at both sites is called a Uh, like an A-team huddle that's going to take place just before the services each weekend uh, where we're going to meet quickly, just a quick word of encouragement, quick time of prayer, just to get excited about the fact that we get to come and serve people uh, at church uh, that weekend. Uh, You're going to see these taking place Saturday at 6.20, Sunday at 8.20, and Sunday at 10.20. Uh, And then when Gage Park opens, it'll take place at 9.20. Uh, It's literally just a few minutes, uh, a few-minute thing that will take place with all the A-team volunteers coming together. You see each other realize we're the ones today who are serving people. We're the ones helping connect people. We're the ones helping uh, connect people to Jesus uh, through the service. Yep. Oh, 520. Good catch. Yes. 520, 820 and 1020 is accurate. Yeah, so that should be 520 on Saturday. Thank you very much. Change that right now. Look at this. These guys are on the ball. Paying attention. Love it why don't we get our worship team on up here tonight we're going to take a few minutes here you know i want us to have this in mind you know the great commission go into all the world and teach them to obey everything i've commanded make disciples we're here to share the good news teach people to obey uh the teachings of jesus and this is like this is unprecedented territory for our church this is a whole new season in history guys you don't maybe realize it right now you're going to look back someday and remember this and remember what it was like, all of the work that went into doing our first launch. Now, I want to encourage you with something here as they get ready to lead us for a few minutes. Um, we were at a session at Exponential that was done by a guy who's launched like 14 church campuses in different churches. And he's been involved in them. He knows what to do, what not to do. And we walked out really encouraged when we realized that almost everything he suggests you should do and things he suggests you don't do, we have been nailing on track, on the right path. You know, there was a couple of minor tweaks and improvements we could make, but the big things that matter, uh, the, even the numbers of people on the launch team and uh, so on and so forth, uh, we realized that we've been uh, we've been hitting the mark and we're preparing this thing and we're believing God that he's going to show up. I want to remind you real quickly, if we could get the last slide up here, Melissa. We had talked about this last weekend, or last month, sorry. I want to remind us all of the prayer commitment we're here that we've said we will commit to. Prayer is just, I can't emphasize it enough. Spiritual strongholds, we talked about. The Holy Spirit to move in people's lives. Pray for greater love for people. Pray for compassion, opportunities to share, and pray for harvest and laborers starting with us. Come on, how many believe that God is in the midst of doing something amazing? Amen? Why don't you stand up? We'll leave that up there for a moment. You can take pictures of it. I see a lot of you getting your phone out. to take pictures of that. Come on, let's be a church that is prayed up. We pray together. We pray at home. We pray in pre-service prayer. We pray on Wednesdays. And we are showing God we're desperate for you to work through us. Pray for the launch team throughout your weeks. All the people you just saw stand up. Cover them in prayer. They're involved in heading into new territory that the enemy doesn't want us heading into. Keep them in prayer. Pray for their families. Pray for their health. Pray for their finances. Well, let's believe God, but this is gonna be an amazing season in our church. Amen. Go ahead. Let's just
1: lift our hands, church. Oh, we welcome, you here, Lord. We welcome you here.